Hi again, everyone. It's been a while, but we're back. Episode number 63 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. It's Tim and Anthony with you. Uh, we've both been uh, pretty busy lately, so unfortunately our uh, schedules have not matched. So we apologize for the long delay, but it does happen in, uh, in the world, and we just uh, continue on, and here we are back. And uh, last time we talked, Anthony, you were getting ready to go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And that was before the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And we're now down to the final fours in the NCAA tournament. The Indians are in their just finished their first week of Major League Baseball season. AFLW for me ended last yep. week. And the AFL season is into its third week already of 22 weeks. So let's just give everybody an idea of what's been going on in the world of sports. And we've been busy. Hopefully, you've uh, stayed tuned with us and. Uh, listens to some of the, uh, uh, I want to call them side podcasts, but other podcasts we offer, like the uh, Running with the Canes. And Mm -hmm. uh, I still owe uh, the ending of the season on that one. And uh, we'll get to that hopefully this weekend, and I'll get those released here uh, very shortly where you can have the uh, the full season of Running with the Canes here on Radio MVP. So uh, that's just about everything going on. And uh, let me – Throw it over to my partner, uh, Anthony, and just let him uh, ramble for a moment or two. Yeah, it's great to be back again. You know, it seems ever since the calendar flipped to 2019, I guess the old saying goes, life happens. And uh, life has definitely happened for you and I and a lot of twists and turns, but it's good to be back as always uh, talking sports with our loyal listeners and uh, really getting into the Best part of the year for sports fans, uh, the tournament's heating up. Now we're down to the final four. The men start tomorrow. The women are going on right now. Uh, golf and the Masters coming up next weekend. And, and as a lot of people know, with you and I, baseball is finally back. It's it's crazy to think. I turned to my aunt Monday at the home opener. I said, we've been back from Arizona for almost three weeks now. Yeah. And, I, and it's amazing. It's you know, once again, it was another great trip down in Goodyear. Um, a lot of different names and faces this year, but that's what makes going down there so enjoyable. That's what makes following spring training so enjoyable, seeing the young kids, seeing the guys that may be counted on um, in bigger roles than we, uh, you know, initially thought. And, and I think we're seeing that through six games, uh, seven games now, what, we're seven games in, six games in, um, it, you know, once you start playing every night, they all start running together. So, and I refuse to look at standings until a couple months in. So I, I couldn't even tell you, uh, but it's nice to be back home and, uh, a, a little chilly down in Arizona this time of year, right? a little chilly. Um, um, but it's nice to be back home with family and, Uh, It's nice having something to do every night when you turn on the TV. And uh, so far, it's been, like we expected, a little struggle here and there with the temperatures being frigid for baseball conditions. Um, But a thing that I've seen so far is, look, we know the offense is not there because we're down four or five regulars that will be here in a month or so. Uh, But these guys uh, show fight. And you have always talked about since we started this podcast, uh, the early weeks and months of the season, look, you want to win baseball games, but it's about, it's about establishing identity. And I remember when we first did our podcast or opening podcast, we spent a good segment on that. And uh, the past two years, you know, we've tried to, you know, say this is when they establish our identity. And I think, Early on through the first week or so of the season, we're seeing just who the Cleveland Indians are. They're a scrappy bunch with, I mean, right now, is there a better pitching staff in baseball? No. I get uh, we're early. That's, but it's no, not no, you're not, you're not wrong, Anthony, at all. I don't mean to cut I mean, you off there, it's but ridiculous. you're not done. You're not wrong. This is the best starting pitching staff in baseball today, period. And uh, we've seen it uh, in the last two nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, seen a – uh, Trevor Bauer goes seven hitless innings and mm-hmm. 19 pitches. And uh, you've seen Shane Beaver come out tonight and throw six 
uh, quality innings and giving up two, <laughs> really innings, good. two runs, you know, on his first start of the season. And we've seen, you know, the opening day when Kluber was just basically unhittable for most of the game. Yeah. And, you know, he had a little bump in the road this past start, but that's, again, April. I'm not, not, not worried about it. And that's the identity of this team is this pitching staff. It is absolutely 100% a starting five identity. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, a scrappy bunch with uh, players filling roles that no one ever expected them to be in. Mm-hmm. And uh, tonight they hung in there and they got, you know, two big bombs, you know, mm-hmm. Paul Wecky uh, with the first one and then Santana with the walk-off. And it was exciting to watch and it was exciting to see. And yeah, uh, I thought the bullpen – you know, it was scrappy enough to get through it. Uh, you look at what Oliver Perez struggled, but got through the inning. And he battled. Was, he batted back. You know, he, that was huge. And that's what you need to do. Uh, you got to bend and don't break. And, mm-hmm. you know, tread water right now. And exactly. that's, what the, that's all they needed to do. Uh, look, uh, I get into all the, the analytics and math of this, and I've talked about this before, and I'll say it again for those who may have never heard it. In the with the way the schedule is run in baseball with 19 games against your individual, mm-hmm. that's what matters. The Indians basically won 50 games every year for the last four three years in their division. Yep, in their division, and they need to do that again this year. And there's an opportunity to do it. So obviously, early in the season against the Twins, it didn't look. You know, it's three games. I'm not worried about it. No, right. It's three games. I'm not worried about it. But, you know, you're so two and four in division, but you just you want to tread water. You want to get better. Uh, you're taking on the Toronto Blue Jays right now. Good luck, you know, two good wins. And you move forward and each and every night. And you just look forward to seeing who steps up and what they need to do. Are there going to be nights where they lose eight to three or, oh, yeah. or seven to two? Yeah. You know, those things are going to happen. Uh, however, I see the Indians as a scrappy pitching oriented team that's going to win a lot of three to two ball games like they did tonight and four to two games and stuff like that. So uh, I'm actually, uh, you know, quite pleased with the start of the season. And it's, you know, if you're a baseball fan, you love pitching and the Indians have pitching and it's fun. And uh, it was great to see Carlos Santana make the adjustments yeah, that he was ass and uh, it was a beautiful home run, and it was fun to watch. And uh, I don't want to get overboard here, but that's a type of win that can propel a team to a quote-unquote winning streak. It might be a mini-winning streak of three, four, five games, but hey, but those uh, add up. Sometimes, the sometimes they, as crazy as it sounds, sometimes that is the trigger to a uh, eight, ten game winning. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it over the lifetime of watching baseball, so we'll just wait and see what develops tomorrow and uh, get back to my old uh, perch here. Uh, Indians have five games in a row with five different starting times. Yep. It's like they took it's the stupid. playbook right out of the, the Youngstown state football program. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It just, uh, you and I have talked about that on the air and off the air. And it's something that we will never uh, understand. Uh, I don't, you know, why – look, tomorrow's going to be a nice day, um, but why aren't you playing 110 starts on Saturday and Sundays in April and even the first week of May is beyond me? The 610 starts uh, don't even get a start because that could be a three or four podcast uh, series on that. Um, you know, but going back to what you said, look, you, you don't want to get too high over this because it's only – less than 10 games in, but it's like Matt Underwood said, he said right now with all these guys out and some guys banged up and, you know, you got to keep your head above water. And that's a, that's a big win. Just, uh, you know, first of all, show the young guys, Hey, there's some fight here. We're going to, you know, it's nice to see these guys not rolling over. Look, it's going to be frustrating. There's going to be nights, like you said, where it's nine, three, seven to two, where it just, it just doesn't go well. Um, but, out of two, 75, 70, 70, 70 to 75% of those nights, your pitching staff is going to keep you in these, in these games because they're that good. 
I know I shouldn't be surprised watching this team as close as we do, but watching the last two nights and watching our pitchers breaking balls, it, it's incredible. Like last night, Perez put down 12 straight curveballs for Bauer. I mean, 12 straight curveballs against a major league lineup, you should know what's coming after curveball number three. And and they had no clue. And tonight, uh, Bieber's a fifth starter on this team. There's a lot of teams in baseball, and the New York Yankees included, and and the Red Sox, that he's top three. And maybe the Astros. Uh, we know for the Cubs for sure. Um, you know, look, you don't want to get too high, but it's always nice to see a, a guy who I've really felt is deserving of this moment today to, you know, really, really spark this ball club. You know, Santana gets traded away, and then, uh, like you said, he's made the necessary adjustments, and that's what you like to see um, because it's in really years past – Yeah, it's encouraging. In years past, April and May was a bugaboo for Santana, and he would – you know, like we talked about when we got him back, you're going to go April and May with five or six hits for Santana. And right now, uh, he's staring the cover off the ball. There are some other guys, too. Uh, the averages don't show it because of the cold weather. I don't want to seem like an excuse maker. But they're putting together good at-bats. The, the wind's just knocking it down or it's, you know, the air is too dense. Uh, Bowers ball tonight in the ninth inning, if it's hit tomorrow or Sunday, that ball's out of here. And Santana doesn't even get a chance to come up. So, you know, like you said, you don't want to get too high. It's a great start to the season. Uh, this pitching staff is – uh, it's going to be fun. He's out last year was historic with four 200 strikeout guys. This season's going to be a lot of fun. You know, here's the question for you, just to have some fun here. Mm -hmm. uh, who will have more strikeouts, the Cleveland Indians pitching staff <laughs> or the Cleveland Indians lineup? I'm going to go the Cleveland Indians pitching staff, hands down. Uh Look, I know we've seen a lot of Ks. 39 through three games against Minnesota. Uh, they're, they're that annoying little brother. You know, they've always been that annoying little brother for the Indians that just won't stay away. You know, they won't stay away. And, you know, if there's that one team in the division you always have, that's them. Um, but you, you got to at least think if everybody stays somewhat healthy, you should have – Four two hundred strikeout guys again in a full season of Bieber. Um, you you know, had what nine strikeouts tonight? Yeah, he only had nine tonight. That's a that's a bad game. What the hell is Carl Willis doing out there? He only had nine strikeouts today. Jeez. Um, but helps on the way with this offense. Um, you got four or five guys that will be up here in a month. Um, so I'm going to say the Indians pitching staff um, will have a lot more strikeouts than the offense does. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it'll be an interesting little uh, Prop side thing to keep yeah. track of this year. And uh, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to do some research on that. I just, I said that more of a uh, sarcastic question. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's baseball today. Baseball is a lot of home baseball runs, strikeouts and just the way the games play today. Well, it's and tonight's game is a perfect example of that. Both teams hit home runs. Both teams, you know, had good pitching and had a lot of strikeouts on both sides. So, if I would have baseball in a nutshell in 2019, if I would have covered up the final score last night, and I just showed you that the Indians walked ten guys, hit two more, and gave up three or four hits, you probably would have said they would have gotten killed. Oh, absolutely. And chances and that, are really good to make that assumption. Yep. It, baseball is a funny game. It's funny today on the broadcast, I don't know if you caught it, uh, Rick Manning was saying how he thinks there's going to be more four-man outfields this year because the oh, way yeah. baseball is going with you, what we, you said the launch angles, either a strikeout or a fly ball slash home run. Uh, it's, it's incredible. We, you know, gone are the days of – of Joe Madden bringing everybody in on the infield, it's going to be everybody in the outfield. It's going to be shagging fly balls here soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just the game has changed. You've seen this, this shift. Uh, matter of fact, um, you see Toronto probably utilizing it 
almost against every left-handed every, batter mm-hmm. the Indians have at the plate this year. And mm-hmm. matter of fact, I think most teams are going to say it's going to be the standard right now of baseball alignment. Yep. Um, and then you'll, when you see a right-hander, they kind of shift that side. Not maybe as dramatic, but they, they have done it. So uh, it's just the game has become very analytical and very smart. And you know what? Four outfielders makes total sense. Yep. And I've seen it used against Ramirez. And it will be used against Ramirez this year because it'll take the gaps away from him. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, um, it's just, you know, how the game has changed. And uh, you have to make adjustments. And – uh, maybe Carlos Santana has figured out those adjustments, and we'll find out. I mean, it's early in the season, but he's absolutely hitting up the middle and to the left side, mm-hmm. and that is encouraging long-term. And, you know, we'll have to see how Jose Ramirez adapts as the season progresses. I mean, he's definitely talented enough, and, uh, we'll, you know, you're going to run into these type of things throughout the year. So uh, mm-hmm. it should be fun. Now. Let's talk about the uh, talk about bearing the lead here. Yes, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is a Cleveland Brown. Yeah, I uh, I was sitting there at one of the games in Arizona, and some guy behind me was like the Browns just got Odell, and I had I brushed it off because I didn't really think much of it. And my aunt goes, "No, he's right. It's absolutely incredible." The 360, the Browns have made from a year ago at this time, a year and a half, year and a half, two years ago. What John Dorsey has done is they were, it's, it's borderline. And I think you can almost call it historic to, to almost revamp the whole roster of guys who don't want to work not very good football players to you have guys at every position who are top five in their position and guys who want to work, who want to be here, who are hungry. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I know his track records are good, um, but coming to a place like Cleveland, who's been awful for so long to rejuvenate this franchise with, the talent they have now, it's mind-boggling. It's, I'm excited. It, I mean, I'm, I ranch, recognize it's April, and it's before the draft, but what John Dorsey has done in the last 16, 17 months is what a true GM does, given the mm-hmm. opportunity. Uh, evaluate talent, make moves, make trades, uh, secure players, and take chances and uh, be aggressive. And he's been all that. Now, will every move work out? No, but the majority have. And uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm just – you look at the potential of this offense and you look at what he built in Kansas City before he was let go there. And you see what the, that offense did once it changed quarterbacks and went to Mahomes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, past year. and. You can see the same type of ingredients that he's putting together here in Cleveland offensively. And the NFL is an offensive game. Like, yep. It is. It's built around the offense. That's why the quarterback's so important. That's why Cleveland has struggled for so many years without a quarterback. That's why those teams who had top quarterbacks have succeeded for so long in the last mm-hmm. 15 years. And we can talk about you know the different quarterbacks. The bottom line is you surround them with players who can perform it's very simple uh, to make an analogy here it's kind of like lebron james uh, when lebron james was in cleveland he was surrounded by talent and they put more talent around him to mm-hmm. shoot outside and take to let him run the offense and do all this and what did he do they went to four straight nba championship series and they win win they they went they win one and they move forward and you know they had opportunities and the same thing with, like, Golden State. I mean, they're probably going to win, you know, their third straight championship this year. And it's, you know, what they have achieved. And that's what you do. You have to surround people with talent and give them the opportunity to, to succeed. And 
I think the Browns legitimately on paper look like they should be able to score 30 plus points a game, which is phenomenal in the NFL. And you look at like, for example, let's use the, the defending champions in, in new England and talk about, you know, their run the last 15, 18 years. It's been built two different ways. At times it's been a, uh-huh. a, a very good defense with a, above average offense, but when they've had a great offense, they haven't had the greatest defense. No. They had nope. a quality defense that could make plays and it could keep you under 20 points a game. And that's Very opportunistic. And, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to be able to make stops when you need to, it's just like in any sport. You know, we talk about pitching and baseball. You talk about defensive stops in basketball. And same with football. You have to be able to stop somebody to put your offense back on the field. And, that is, you know, the name of the game. And it should be – it's it's a lot of – I'm just – for the first time in many years, I'm optimistic about the Cleveland Browns. I have never been optimistic uh, for the last 20 years. I've been, you know, cautiously optimistic a few times, mm-hmm. and, and it's fallen apart. But this is the first time. And I and quite honestly, we just don't know what's going to happen yet because we do have a first-year head coach. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have, you know, a second-year – quarterback and but they put talent on the field and this team is going to be interesting it's going to be a team that people are going to watch and it's going to be a team that's going to be on primetime television uh four or five times this year you know it's going to be on thursday night football it's going to be on monday night football it's going to be on sunday Mm -hmm. night football it's going to be on all three of those this year it's going to be a four o'clock game uh, there could be a lot of four o'clock games. Yeah, yep. yeah. Th- this is not the one o'clock Sunday afternoon uh, Iron Eagle game. Yeah, yeah. This, those days look like they're gone. Yeah, this is uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo come to town exactly, a lot. Exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, this is like uh, this could be a lot of it's going to be a lot of excitement if they can you know do what they're everyone thinks they're capable of doing and winning some ball games. But we'll you know it's April and the draft hasn't. Yep. Happened. And we haven't gone to training camp and we haven't had any issues pop up yet. And, you know, no, and that's the thing, you know, everything takes time and it, everything runs its course. And, uh, but, uh, talking about making a steal, I, a 17, 17th overall pick a, a safety and what the, a third round pick that you got for a trade of Danny Shelton three years ago. Not bad. Yeah. You stole him. You stole a top five uh, receiver in the NFL um, for, I don't want to say nothing, but for very little. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that. very little. Um, and kudos to John Dorsey for going for it. You know, kudos for him for, you know, saying, Hey, let's go for it. Let's just, Let's put all our chips in and let's go for it. And they still, like you talked about, they still have some flex, still have some flexibility uh, come the NFL draft. And John Dorsey has already proven that he can hit on some draft picks. I think his first two draft picks last year in Mayfield and Denzel Ward panned out pretty nicely. Ward will continue to develop if he stays healthy. I know he battled some injuries last year. And if Mayfield continues on the trajectory that he's on, um, you can look back on the last year and this year, just draft wise alone, uh, as the turning points of the franchise of the Cleveland Browns and two drafts that might've saved football in Cleveland. Cause it was going down a really dark road there. Um, you know, for a little bit. Oh, it's, it's like I said, it's going to be fun. And I know it's April. And no championships are ever won in April in football. And uh, we'll just wait and see. You know, but I'm excited. I'm I, For the first time in many years, uh, training camp, which is in July, mm-hmm. I am actually have a, uh, you know, the idea of I wouldn't mind spending time no. in Berea for the first time in my life. Uh, you know, even when Bernie Kosar was around, I never decided to go mm-hmm. to training camp. And, uh, you know, maybe that's because I grew up in Bourbon and he lived across the street and everything else. So it was no big yeah, deal. He was just, yeah. Yeah. You know, but there's, my point is uh, there's excitement and that's, that's exciting. And I'm, I'm thrilled that for the first time in 
the new generation of the Cleveland Browns 2.0, um, there's true excitement and there's true optimism for the right reasons. Does this period right now for the Browns, um, the last six months or so, does this kind of remind you of how the 90s Indians got started? Really awful years. I mean, I mean, awful years, terrible years. Then you hit on a couple draft picks in your system. You groom them. They have some good years, but they're overshadowed by a lot of bad play. Then you supplement them with off-season free agent signings, and you sprinkle in some more draft picks here and there. And then you go get that one big name in the trade, and you're starting to see, you know, a little bit of a rebirth here. And I was thinking about that the last couple of days. Is you know, you're really you could really correlate. Now the Browns have to prove it on the field like the Indians did. Um, and for Browns fans, they hope that the February, the season ends in February and the ending is a lot different than what happened to the nineties Indians. But for the first time in a long time, there is legitimate excitement going to the stadium every day. It's like you talked about. There is no longer Ian Eagle. Nothing against Ian Eagle. He's a, he's a fun play-by-play guy. But there's no more one o'clock snoozers with him and Trent Green. You know, you're going to be the uh, 8.30 Monday night game with Joe Make My Ears Bleed Tessator and Sunday night. And you can listen to Joe – the Browns are going to be in a big game with Joe Buck announcing for the first time in forever. Yeah. Um, you know, and look, there's already rumors of Monday night against the Jets, I heard, or Sunday night in New England. And, you know, when's the last time New England wanted to open the season at home against the Browns on Sunday night? Uh, uh, well, yeah. You know, this, this is going to be fun. It, it's going to be fun. It's, you know, it reminds you of when baseball night in America on NBC came to Cleveland with Bob Costas. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I just thought of that the last couple of days. It kind of has some similarities and some feels for um, people who are Browns and Indians fans. It does. It does. You know, it's not a bad comparison there, Anthony. And I'll say this. Um, you know, obviously two different sports, two different ways they were done, but mm-hmm. you can really draw a line and say, this is where the change happened. And the change happened in December of, you know, 2016, when John Dorsey was hired mm-hmm. and Saucy Brown was let go and they, and they abandoned that, you know, thing. And then the second date that everyone will remember is when they fired, you know, uh, the head coach, and that's what it comes down to, you know. When Luke, when Jackson went, you know, that was important. That was a big part of the game, and uh, that changed the atmosphere in Cleveland, and it changed, you know, the fortunes. And those were two big moves that needed to happen. And uh, once those moves happened, I think the organization has moved forward and has that opportunity. It's similar. I'll say this: if you remember the, see, this was probably uh, more before your time, but the Indians had a very bad organization for a long, long time. And Hank Peters was let go from Baltimore and was brought in as president of the Cleveland Indians. And I remember reading articles and he says, everybody in baseball knew the Indians were a bad organization, you know, had, had very mm-hmm. limited talent in the Meyer leagues because no one knew how bad it was until I actually, I never knew how bad it was until I actually took over. Mm-hmm. And that's when, he designed a program to bring in talent, not just at the major league level and the minor league level, but at the administration level. Mm-hmm. And that's when John Hart was brought in and others. And they were, you know, Shapiro and all those people who were part of that Cleveland Indian front office in the late 80s, early 90s that turned that pro- the, uh, the fortunes around of the Indians. And then, of course, the move to Jacob Field was the uh, the icing on the cake that really saved mm-hmm. the Indians. And matter of fact, there's a great article 
on the athletic yes. about that. Yes. You, uh, I, I don't know if you subscribe or not, Anthony, but I've I was uh, I was about to get the credit card out tonight or tomorrow on it. It's worth it. Matter of fact, uh, there are just do do searches. Just ask for like athletic promos, mm-hmm. and there's you probably could save five ten bucks. Yeah, on a subscription, I guarantee it. There's got to be they're they're out there. You just got to find it. Um, and I, like I said, I'm not a anything to do with the athletic. It's just if you're a sports fan, it's worth it because you can get a lot of information from not just regionally but across the nation. You can you can actually pick what teams you want to follow and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So being you being a multiple uh, city type. Yeah. Uh, fan who's a fan of duke basketball who's a fan of the denver broncos who's a fan of the cleveland indians you know uh i i think you would find great value in it and uh that's my pitch for something we're not involved in yeah i was uh I, i've actually had a couple people this week tell me you got to get on that you get that's some geared towards a fan like you and um i gotta look closer into that um now that baseball is in full swing and the draft's yeah. less than a month away, so should be a lot of fun. I mean, uh, if you're a sports fan, look, the world has changed so much in the last, yes, especially yes, your has. generation. I'm 52 years old. I've seen it come, and I had to make adjustments mm-hmm. as time went on. And a lot of people I knew, especially in the in the sports business, who were in in print. Uh, media are mm-hmm. seeing the change and you know there's a perfect example of what happened in, in cleveland this past week i don't know if you heard about it or not but they let go of like 30 people off the plane dealer mm-hmm. and there was guys like uh yeah as a mandoff or something like that. i can't think of his top of my head oh uh, uh, uh dennis mandoloff mandoloff he was let go and he started there in 1990 you know, and thought it'd be a job that he'd have for the rest of his life, you know, and it almost did, you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but the, the, the world has changed, and newspapers, unfortunately, are not dying as, days. yeah, it's just the yep. technology yep. has changed the world. Just like cable TV changed television, mm-hmm. satellite TV changed cable, you know, and internet has changed everything. And you got to, what we're doing right now is a perfect example of how it's changed. Uh, You don't have to listen to sports radio today to get your information. You can get your information from a lot of different ways. Your entertainment value, it could be higher from a weekly podcast than it can be from a daily radio show. Who wants to listen to Callan Cowherd? Who wants to listen to anybody on ESPN today? I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest. Do you, I mean, as a sports fan, they don't talk about anything that you want to hear. No, no, I'm very seldom. And I get more information and I have more fun listening to podcasts. And I listen to a bunch of them across the world. And, you know, I'm a baseball fan. And I told you this, and I've mentioned this on our thing. Baseball Tonight, the podcast out of ESPN with Buster Only is the best. Go get it. If you're a baseball fan, you're not going to be disappointed. You get, you know, they made some changes this year, but it's still fantastic. Uh, and it's a daily podcast, and it lasts, you know, anywhere between 40 minutes to an hour. And it's just absolutely perfect, and that's what you need to do. And that's the way the world has changed. This is how it's changed. Blogs change things. Mm-hmm. So many different ways uh, the world has changed. And, you know, I do worry about my friends who are in print, uh, you know, sports, because they may yeah. not have a job in five years. You know, and and we're lucky enough where the indicator probably has just enough of a a hold into this community that it may it may survive. It may stay, yeah. You know, and I don't know their numbers. You know, uh, they don't want my money. Some reason I tried to subscribe a couple times and they've sent my checks and information huh. back. So I don't get that, but that's up to them. Uh, so <laughs> once in a while, I still buy the Vindicator uh, off the newsstand. So only on Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah, and a few other times, but you know, yeah. Um, but you know, the world is, is digital has changed the world, and you know, I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't know, and it's just like you know, uh, 
you can get every app to watch any game you want nowadays. You just have to buy it. If you're yep. an NHL fan, a Major League Baseball fan, uh, you know, the only one it doesn't offer is the NFL, which is foolish, you know. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. incredible considering the oh, the money, money they would make. The money they would make if they went digital, and oh, if they went a la carte digital. Oh my god! Yep, trillions of dollars. You know, they they might be the first trillion dollar industry in sports if they did that. Uh, they don't even need to market it. Uh, speaking of the football, um, to the time we last talked, to the time we're talking today, a football mm-hmm. league opened and closed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have watched absolutely zero plays of the AAF. Me too. Um, not that I was ever against it, uh, but it came and gone pretty quickly. And the XFL next year comes around, and it'll probably come and go just as quickly because it's it tough. Just, uh, well, it, it you can't play. It's difficult to play football in the non-season, in the off-season. Yep, and have talent available to play. You can probably put a 15, 20 team semi pro type league together, meaning, you know, good quality, high quality, former high school, yeah, quality, former NFL slash tweeners or college players who graduated type Mm -hmm. thing and, and have a nice minor league, uh, type thing but as a developmental league no it'll never happen because no. there's enough players and changeover in the nfl each year that there's no such thing as developmental it may work for quarterbacks it may work for offensive and defensive line players but the rest of the of the team i don't think it can, it'll ever happen and no i just don't see how it ever can work um uh, i think the idea of competing against any league if it was the NBA or NFL or Major League Baseball, it's just, in today's world, just not possible. Maybe it was 50 years ago. Maybe it was even 40 years ago uh, or even 35 years ago when the uh, USFL was around, but not today. No, it's... I just I think you can find a niche and maybe do it regionally, but there's, I just, it's a great thought, but it's just... I, without true backing of millions and millions of dollars, and uh, it's more than just players. It's it's exposure and it's it's being in the right markets and understanding that you're not going to play before fifty thousand people, but you may play in front of ten or fifteen thousand, like you do in minor league yeah. baseball. You know, and even look at you know Niles and the minor league baseball team. You know, they don't get fifteen thousand. Every night, they don't get ten thousand. I don't even think the stadium holds more than seven thousand. No, but, uh, but my point is that's the type of stadiums you need to be in. Yeah, you need to be the smaller, yeah, yeah. high school size stadium. Right. Like a well, bigger. you look at Texas and all the size high yep. school stadiums. You look at the one that was we were fortunate enough to be at in top, you know, over at the NFL, you know, for the championship mm-hmm. games in Canton. That's the type of stadiums they need to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, 20,000, even like YSU, a 25, you know, 20, 25,000, yeah. uh, Kent State, whatever. You know, those type of – those are the markets you may be, get people to come to. You're not going to – I don't know. I just – that's just my, my belief is you're not going to pack, you know, 30,000, 40,000 people or 50,000 people to come see that. It's just not going to happen. It's tough. It's, it, you know, I don't think it could, it could ever work. Um, you know, like you said, there's too much change in the NFL to have like a minor league system. Uh, maybe development for the quarterbacks is one thing, but it's just, it's the right idea. A lot of good football people who were involved you know, they had the right idea in mind. It, it just goes to show how tough it is and how incredible uh, the NFL truly is. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, and like you said, you got to be in regions and areas that can cater to that. And you got to play in stadiums that, you know, the 70 and the 
eighty thousand seat stadiums. It's just that's it's not it's not going to work. It's well, we learned our lessons, you know, twenty years ago or longer, wherever it was, when the NFL Europe was around. It was backed by the NFL and it couldn't survive. And even when they had teams in the United States at one time in that league, it yeah, it's, and then they went just purely Europe thinking they could expand the game. And it worked to certain degrees. I'm sure it worked a little bit. It worked in London. It worked in Amsterdam. It worked in, uh, you know, <laughs> in parts of Germany and stuff like that. But it was, you know, not nothing, nothing. It was sustainable. And that's the difference. Once you get to a certain level, you say no. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I, I, I applaud anybody for taking an opportunity to try something. They were innovated in certain things that they were trying to do. And uh, we'll move forward. You know, I, I think they may be a reincarnation someday of that. Maybe it's the XFL next year. I don't know. Or the year after, whenever they choose to uh, actually start. Uh, but you we'll also, like- you need headliners. Um, Menzel for, you need guys that, ha- that, that grab the audience's attention. Like you and I, it never really sparked our interest. It's, you know, for us baseball guys, it's not, we're not going to go, you're more prone to go home and flip on a game on the LB network or the Pirates game on Root Sports or wherever the heck it is now compared to San Jose and San Antonio in the AAF. But I think if you had some guys, some players who grabbed the headlines, like, Kaepernick or Menzel or some other guys out there, um, maybe you'd get a little more of a following. Uh, but but it, it's still a huge uphill climb that I'm not sure will ever um, amount to anything. The XFL, like you said, will try again next year and see if they can't get a footing, but it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough. Uh, there's no question about it. I, I just don't see it how it happens. All right, Anthony, let's uh, try to wrap this thing up. I want to say two things real quick here. Yep. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, I jumped on the uh, Liverpool bandwagon. They won today. Yes. They are basically about to win their championship for the first time in uh, many, many years. I, I'm, I'm not going to jump so, on so they is are, this the uh, Is this you giving them the good luck for the championship? No, no, no. Championship, no. or is it Katie Nolan from whatever the heck show she's hosting now, or podcast shows now, making her first ever trip out to Liverpool, and they're and they're bringing home the championship. Oh, really? I I don't even know who she is. So I'm gonna go with you. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. You. I'm gonna go with the guys she down on the west side. Wise, but I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with the west. The guys down on the west side bowl who's been uh, cheering them on for years. So I just happened to uh, slip into this, and but I did listen to the game uh, partly today as I was driving around town. I streaming on the. Uh, I saw that. That's a nice little filler, huh? Yeah, not too bad. And then, uh, obviously, real quick here, mm-hmm. I mentioned at the beginning the AFLW uh, season ended last weekend, and uh, what I'll tell you what, I learned more watching the AFLW this past year about the game and mm-hmm. strategies behind it because it's still the same thing. And I'll tell you, these ladies are good. And I'll say this before, and I said this again, they, the knee injuries in that sport is just outrageous. More people have ACL tour tears and, and major problems than I've ever seen in any other sport. And it's, 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 it's brutal. And uh, Aaron uh, Phillips, the best player in the league, went down in the championship game. And, uh, but uh, they ended up winning. They beat uh, Carlton, who, uh, by the way, has uh, another great player. And uh, Taylor Harris was a phenomenal young girl, a young woman, I should say, um, who's also a professional boxer, by the way. Is she really? Yes. Yes. That's according to her Twitter bio. And uh, she made some of the best catches in the game. Oh, let me just put it this way. you got to watch it. It's yeah. phenomenal. I, I'm hooked. I, I mentioned it three, four weeks ago. I broke down and bought the AFL app again this year. And uh, matter of fact, when we get done here, I'm going to watch some of that. 
Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just too much fun. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it, and I'm going to continue to enjoy it. And, uh, hey, it's fun. I'm also, I'll say this. They, they just need to think next year and, and fix the problems that they have. They plan on expanding. I'm not sure that's necessary, but mm-hmm. hey, let them do what they want to do down yep. there. Yep. I'll just sit here and, and critique it like I do with everything else. And I wish, uh, but uh, congratulations to uh, South Australia as the the Adelaide Crows come away with the uh, championship there. As the uh, men's competition I mentioned is in the third week, so it should be a lot of fun there. And uh, we're going to try to get uh, Gemma Bestiani back on here very shortly. I almost had her on last week uh, to come on, and uh, unfortunately her schedule got tied up and was not available. So. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to reach out to her again here in this week or two and see if get come on and she can in, uh, enlighten us about the uh, upcoming season or during the men's competition mm-hmm. and that and uh, talk about the women's competition that just ended. It's, it's, it's really it's a great sport. I tell you what, if you love action, you love uh, the game of football in a different while, uh, uh, you know, you just got to check it out. It's, it's, I'm, I'm hooked. On hundred percent, I'm hooked. It is. It's. It's a great game. I'm hooked. It, that's it. I'm hooked. You know. I, I want to. I wish I was thirty years younger. I go down there and kick a ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last time I tried to do that, I. I don't think I could jump. As I stubbed my toe, so uh, I'm done doing that. <laughs> I'll leave that to professionals. <laughs> I just want to show about to kick the ball through the big uprights. It's that, it can't be that. Deep. It can't be that. Deep. <laughs> when there's uh, when there's people. Well, I tell you what, I, uh, I think they run like a mile and a half, or they run like a half marathon every game. It's phenomenal. That's not for me then. <laughs> it is. I'd be done early on. Yeah, I'm like no. 28. I should be saying that, but <laughs> I think you well, and I, I would be. Uh, would be better off in the uh, press box. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the goal, man. The goal is to yep. call a game someday. I don't know how, but I don't think it'll ever happen. But there, there's the goal is to call a game. Speaking of which, um, our partners with mm-hmm. uh, Western Reserve Radio, and uh, we're gonna have a big announcement there. Obviously, everyone knows we're going football over there next year. We've already Absolutely. mentioned it before. And uh, we're looking forward to talking about that, getting Matt on. Uh, he'll, he and I will – and you will be together for our third season and a third different platform. Yeah. And uh, we're looking forward to it. I know it's a long time away, but if you're interested uh, to be part of our broadcast, I'm just going to put it out there. Get a hold of us. Uh, you can do us through Twitter. You can do it through this podcast. You can do it through – uh, our website. So uh, if you're interested in being part of it, let us know and we'll, uh, we'll hook you up with the right information. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to have more information coming very soon. I have uh, I have a little uh, blockbuster to mention and, uh, but we're going to, that I'm going to just tease it there and just say uh, <laughs> coming uh, once, once uh, ever all the, how's How do they say that all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted? Uh, yes. Yeah. Once that is done, uh, once all the technicalities are resolved, exactly, we have another announcement uh, about about that coming your way. So, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I think um, just to touch on that, um, you you know, when I graduated high school and went on to college, um, I don't want to say I lost my love for high school football, but when you're out of state, you graduate, it's kind. it kind of gets pushed to the back burner. Um, and then when you and, and I uh, hooked up for this and uh, um, you got a call one April night, I think it was, and it, and the ball started to get rolling. Um, you know, the last two years being in the press box with you guys and just being down in the field it you know, it, it it's, I know I'm biased, but, we have some of the best football here in America. Um, and a big thanks to you and Matt, Matt, who uh, we need to get back on, who, who doesn't get enough credit, who works tirelessly to um, get us on the air and get us these sponsorships. And um, 
it's because of Matt and it, uh, we get some of the really good games that we've gotten um, because of our work schedules and, you know, some things going on. Um, Matt's kind of taking the lead role on that and he's been phenomenal. Um, All right. Let's, looking, not, let's not blow up his ego too much. And we're looking forward to uh, working <laughs> with you again this year. And uh, you have pulled some strings the last couple of years. Uh, they get us some nice games, but I think this year three is it's kind of a homecoming of sorts. It is. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's it's let's put it this way. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a uh, an exciting year. And we got a great schedule coming your way, and we'll have all the information for you uh, in due time. But no, it's 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 being planned, and we're putting it all together, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, my friend. Like I like to say, last thoughts. No, let's just uh, uh, let's just keep this this trend rolling. Let's keep fighting. Um, if we win tomorrow, like Lou Brown used to say, if you win three in a row, that's called a winning streak. Let's get this winning streak. Let's win our first series of 2019. Uh, help is on the way. Put the panic buttons away because Boston, the Cubs, the Yankees, and the Astros are all struggling. Cubs are even talking about firing Joe Madden already. So. Helps on the way, um, and let's enjoy uh, this historic pitching stuff while we have it. Uh, it should be a lot of fun this entire season. It's only April. We're not even 10 games. Into this. <laughs> yeah, it's only April. You know, here's, here's the way to look at the season in a new way here, Anthony, real quick. Break the season down into 10-game segments. So you have 16 segments for the season of 10, and just see how this team – progresses each 10 games and you'll you'll know exactly what's going on for your uh foot or baseball season coming up all right uh real quick i'm gonna shut off i'm gonna go watch some uh aussie rules football okay and we'll talk to you very soon and we're gonna try anthony and i are gonna try to figure out a day of the week that works best for we can do this if it's uh early in the week or if it's later in the week if it's at midnight uh, our schedules are kind of crossed right now, and my schedule's really tied up. But in the end, we're going to get this back rolling on a regular basis very soon. So those of us, those of you who have stayed with us and continue, we appreciate it. We're into our third year here, our yeah. third season, whatever you want to call it, uh, on the uh, podcast. And uh, we've had over 4,500 uh, listens and downloads. So my thanks to everybody who's been in part of uh our uh growing uh podcast and uh, we look forward to it going forward and all those who have uh, been on the podcast helping us out uh and looking forward to talking to a lot of them again and get more guests on as we uh, continue so for anthony and canfield i am tim here in Borman, wishing you all a good day and we will talk to you soon right here on radio mvp.com <laughs>